Hey. Egg. You are ready? You got a joke? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I can't remember, and I apologize if I've told this one, but I don't remember telling you, and you don't, you don't remember the little hint I gave. The good thing is I'm filming this time, so we can put this up on game, uh, Facebook Game on AUS anyway. Facebook.com yeah. slash Game on AUS. Correct. I mean, you've only been you know a part of this for no, two and a half just years. Go, I no just go, no, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Guy about my age, about 45. Are you 45? Yes, this year. Um, Fuck. Needs to go to the doctor and get his prostate examined. He's really nervous about it. Yeah. So he's talking to his wife. His wife can look, the doctor's a professional. You know, he's just worried about the process, right? <laughs> As I'm sure you know what what that is, you know, the old, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, he makes the booking and all week he's dreading it. And then he finally gets to the day and he goes to the, goes to the doctor's waiting in the waiting room. The doctor calls him in and he says, look, doc, I'm 45. I need to get my prostate checked. Just be sure. And the doctor says, okay, well, um, no, no problems. Take your pants off. And the, the guy goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, I'm just a bit nervous, a bit worried about this process because it's not something I've ever thought, you know, to do. And the doctor says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do what I do with anyone who's a bit nervous. We'll have a little code as I'm doing it. So if you if you're not enjoying it, make an animal sound. Enjoying it, okay. Well, no, if, you, if not, if it's uncomfortable, make a, an animal sound. <laughs> if if it's not too bad, sing a song. Okay, all right. All right. The guy goes all right. Yeah. So the guy pulls his pants down. The doctor comes in behind, lubes up, and then starts to insert. And the guy goes, Moon, 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 Moon River. <laughs> <laughs> Such an oldie, but such a goldie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Attack commences in 60 seconds. Welcome to the Game on AUS podcast, episode 85. Oh, shit, I had 84 on my head. I was yeah. going to say I'm a big fat gaming whore. 85. <laughs> Gaming's alive! Yeah, that's yes. beautiful. I can understand why you'd have because we have a, yes. uh, a special for 84 off the back of the interview that we did last week. With the head honcho of Xbox for Asia, yeah, including yeah, yeah. Australia, Jeremy Hinton. If you haven't had a listen to it, there's a lot of really amazing stuff there. He talks about the uh, next Xbox console and a game changer for subscription services as well. Mm. Uh, but anyway, yes, uh, episode 85, plenty to get through. Rage 2 with their game changer. Cage 6, is he actually dead? Don't tell me it's so. <laughs> a former Sony exec has weighed in on the cross-play debacle for Fortnite between Xbox, PS4, and Nintendo. We're also going to be joined by a lawyer who got punched in the head and then created an amazing game out of it. Truly. Stay with us. Game on. Game on. It's game time. Excellent. Game on. Game on. Boy. It's game time. Excellent. You, you are ready to go, aren't you? Mate, I love this time of week. Hey, 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 hey. Somebody is sitting in the Battle Ball gaming chair. And she's a very attractive uh, young lady, actually. Oh, is that? Oh, it's, it is. Uh, yeah, okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> now, um, hello, Dan. Hi, Pete. Uh, <laughs> for the next hour, we're just going to bang on about gaming because we bloody love gaming, Dan. And Pete, what else do we bloody love? Bloody gaming, Dan! I'm, I'm gaming tonight, actually. Are you? Doing what are you of, playing tonight? A bit of Fortnite. I'm going to fuck up some 14-year-old kids. Oh. 
I'd be careful I say that. Yeah, you'd be careful I say that for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, the obvious one. And also yeah. the fact that you can't hold that down. You know they're going to destroy Oh, no, you. they will. I, I am the world's worst Fortnite player, but um, I'm getting better every week. Uh, speaking of Fortnite, we will dive into this former Sony executive who's revealed the reason that crossplay isn't allowed. So that's very interesting. Uh, but a few thanks mm. to our great crew at PLE Computers, our tech sponsor. Thank you so much. It's bloody marvelous. Uh, GameOnAUS.com. Now, far out. Oh. Wow. I mean, what, what wow. do we even say? So, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 So uh, if you join the Game on AUS-God Mode group on Facebook, if you want to know more about what wow is all about, <laughs> yes. there's a story there. Um, but yeah, GameOnAUS.com is going off. And the reason why is because we now have a core group of people who are relationship managers and reviewers. Mm. We've got about 12 people that we've taken on board now. Um, for Game on AUS as part of the team. We have a fucking team, Dan. I know, man. It's Holy unreal. Sh- how cool is this? Unreal. And they're pumping out amazing stories, including a brand new series um, that we've come up with over the past few days where the stories are starting to go live now. It's called Before You Play. Yep. Before You Play. Mm. And the whole idea behind Before You Play is that off the back of E3, there were a ton of announcements um, with regards to prequels and sequels that are coming out. Yep. Right. So we thought it'd be a great idea to do the Before You Play series, and a heap of us from the uh, the core crew are actually going back and playing the original games from those series and doing reviews on Fantastic. them. Fantastic. Um, like you're doing as well with Retro Rocks. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I have a, played a lot of games over a lot of years, so I just have these things come in my head and I go, and the latest one I, I put up yesterday was about Bubble Bobble, mm. which um, I think was one of the truly great Commodore 64 games that ported well from the arcade, because back in the day, there was a massive divide between an arcade quality graphic yep. and a Commodore 64 graphic. And Bubble Bobble, I reckon the first time they actually got it pretty bloody close. Unreal. And I remember, to this day, it's still, like <clears> I said the other week, it still um, gets me every time a great graphic game. But back in the day, back in 1986, Bubble Bobble was a pretty good graphic yeah. game. But the actual platform uh, ability of it was fantastic. And it's one of the few games I've played, a bit like you with WizPig, Pete, on um, oh, Did- Wizpig, Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong Racing, you, yeah. That sheer relation on, get, on beating a game oh, after so many tries, you can't <clears> beat it. On it's one of the best feelings was, in yeah. the world. Um, so if you want to check all those out, gameonaus.com, we are a legitimate gaming review publisher. This is happening. Stories, opinions, reviews, news, everything that you need in the world of gaming, we've got it. And also, we're the biggest podcast in the country. Yeah, baby. Uh, So, yes, refresh happening on Qantas International and domestic flights and Jetstar domestic flights as well. Mm. Mate, let's get into this. Oh fuck! Oh, you did ask. You know what? I said that I would. I said that I delete it. I'm not even joking. This isn't even a joke, right? It's not a joke now. It's just. It's just. I'm just. I'm severely up. Um, I said that I would delete it. I forgot to delete it. I Please leave on. that bit in. No, hang on. I'm going to change the color of the uh, one that I'm meant to be using, so it never happens again. Well, it's um, sort of similar. You were going. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Top three things that gamers need to hear this week. <laughs> Bethesda, you bloody beauties. You bloody beauties. Mm-hmm. Big kisses. Yes. Uh, they have released a game changer, which, by the way, um, we've got to dive more into this because I've seen a couple of games announce that they're going to be doing this. Mm. And this may very well be... You know how every now and again we see just a, a bit of a shift in... Um, announcements in technology mm. side of things, how, how like, you know, they're going, we're, we're just going to slightly tweak this, but it's going to completely change um, the way that you play games. Yep. Uh, hopefully this is, 
in particular that case. We know we've seen iterations of it, but I don't know. It's, there's just something about it. There's a bit of momentum gathering around this particular type of thing happening yep. right now. Um, but Rage 2, which is Bethesda's next IP, and by the way, our first Before You Play was from Infernox, yep. and it's about Rage, the mm-hmm. first one. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you want to check that out, GameOnAUS.com. But Rage 2 will not have load times. Will not have load this times. This is blowing my mind, Peter. Yeah. And I actually, um, from memory, I think it was Days Gone that I saw that will not have load times okay. as well. But right. I'll confirm that. So <clears throat> just clarify and confirm this to me. This means there's absolutely no downtime in the game other than playing it. Let's read the story. GameRant.com by Carl Sledge, this one. Mm. Uh, whether it was the introduction of brand new IPs such as Starfield or the return of favorite franchises like Rage 2, there was a lot of exciting things revealed during the course of E3 2018, with the latter first-person shooter from ID Software being one of the games that most impressed us during the annual trade show. Mm. Of course, with the forthcoming sequel still set to launch in spring 2019, the developer still has a lot to share about the title. And the studio director, Tim Willits, Tim Willits, has recently what revealed... What you talking about, Willits? What you talking about, Willits? <laughs> oh, that's gold. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Oh, far out. you know what? We have a few on this show now. <laughs> Write that down. Clip that. Thank you. Uh, what you're talking about? Willets has recently revealed that it will not contain load times. This much was confirmed during a recent interview in which what you're talking about, Willets, discusses how Rage 2 improves upon its predecessor with the team at ID Software having heeded certain mistakes of the original. To be specific, when speaking of the first Rage, the studio director said, the biggest lesson we learned was don't try to make an open world game with a technology that is an open world. Mm. The loads. You had the first-person combat areas, and then you had the driving areas, and then you had the racing areas. You had all this loading that made it feel disconnected, Mm. which is a fantastic point. Um, Interestingly enough, this goes on to say, it also looks as if ID Software decided to look outside of itself for inspiration, seemingly taking a cue from Nintendo's open-world action-adventure title, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So as I mentioned, yes, it has been done. Yes. It has been, um, but it feels like there's a bit of a, it, you know, this is the message that, that sort of game companies are jumping on this week, I think. Um, by having Rage 2 players experience an introduction area of the game before the world opens up. After that, though, those who want to make a straight line and try to fight the boss, no problem. So this is going to be um, taking cues from The Legend of Zelda, which was if you wanted to basically go from waking up to straight up going to, to face off against Ganon, you could do it if you, you wanted to. It, yeah. You know, if you you'd be hard pressed. Enough. If you're stupid enough. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's going to be uh, some pretty cool things to look forward to with Rage 2. And, of course, that in particular, I just love that line about, um, you know, having the first-person combat areas, driving areas, racing areas, but all of it loading and it made it feel disconnected. There, There is, in yeah, my there opinion, is, definitely. It, like a lot to that. Yep. You know, because when we're playing Destiny 2, for example, and we're mm. running around in the raid, you know, every now and again, you'll go from um, a part of the Leviathan to another part of the, life, the Le- Leviathan, and the game will stop you with the little um, circle in yep. front of you, yep, 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 yep. you know, as it, as it sort as of renders like, and yeah, loads yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it does. It, it makes – it stops your momentum in a way. Oh, mate. You know? I mean, um, look at my issues with PUBG on console. Yeah. There's a distinct time when I land before I, I'm playing the game, but it's still loading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm completely disconnected because I get bloody shot. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. China! Hey, China! Uh, so there you go. That's pretty interesting. That's bloody. And you know a great thing about that too, Pete, is that if they've set the mark, then all these other companies will go, holy shit, we better start doing thinking the same thing. Yeah. And it's an ex- exciting time as a gamer to know that, you know, this, this is the potential new path for gaming. Yeah. 
Um, can I just uh, throw something in here? Just a little bit of a tease because mm. we haven't mentioned this yet. Sites today. Mm. So that's coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. I'm already getting angry. Who are you aiming at? Floptus. Okay. All right. So well, a certain person at Floptus, but it's uh, it'll it'll make sense. It'll make sense. Yep. I'm angry. Uh, by the way, we also have that uh, amazing interview with Nick Pierce behind this brand new game, Melbourne developer, mm. um, and it's spectacular mm. uh, coming up. Coming up, yeah. Uh, so um, mentioned Destiny there before. Let, we may as well get into the second piece of news. Destiny 2's Cade 6. Now, there is a teaser trailer, right, off the back of the release of the up-and-coming Forsaken series of DLCs. Yes. Where all you see is Cade 6's face, oh. and it looks just destroyed. Right, right. and then it shifts around. Right, if you go to God Mode, by the way, or Facebook.com slash Gamma US, you'll find it there. We've shared it. Yep. And then it shifts around to some of the enemies, and I imagine this is one of the big baddies from one of the end game pieces of content. Um, and he out comes a pistol. Mm. Screen goes black, and then you hear. Okay, so we've all been going. Arcade Six, is he dead? Like and then the conversation has been okay. Well, if we've got a Cade six, then maybe we've had Cades one through five. Five, yeah. So maybe yes, he's dead, but they'll do the cool sort of plot twist in the storyline when he comes back and he's now Cade seven. Cade seven. And yeah. anyway, um, Bungie has some bad news for Destiny two fans, and this from IGN.com, mm. who were holding out hope that fan favorite character Cade six wasn't truly dead in the Forsaken DLC trailer. He's dead. Uh. His ghost is dead. Man, what a, I mean, wow. Like, lips down gently. <laughs> this you need know? that sound effect. <laughs> Bungie principal producer Scott Taylor told GamesRadar during E3. Continuing, Taylor explained that there were several reasons for the move. We wanted to establish the tone of the game and show that we're serious about it, he explained. Mm. We also want people to process it. You'll play a mission with him, and you're not really sure when this is going to happen. Mm. Or how. So the emotional experience of that would be very different if you just turned on the game, you saw it, and it was all just a shock. It's actually a little more rich and interesting if you have time to sit with it and reflect. Mm. Brought to life by prolific video game voice actor Nathan Fillion. Now, this is another reason why we were kind of like, they can't get rid of Cade 6. Because mm. when they shifted across to Nathan Fillion being the voice actor and giving Cade 6 a lot more of a, um, uh, a, lot more of a presence in yeah. the game, yeah. right? We were all going... Yes. Yeah. We love you, Nathan Fillion. Yes. Please never leave. Yes. Like, yeah, just, but anyway. Um, Cage 6 has been a part of the Destiny universe since the first game launched in 2014. Many players took a strong liking to the Hunter class merchant. That attachment is precisely why Bungie made the decision to kill him off. It's very Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's like very it's, Game of Thrones. Yeah, it? yeah. Like Red Wedding all over again. Um, <laughs> so, uh, in a separate interview with Eurogamer, Taylor confirmed Bungie had long been considering killing off Cade. Bungie even dropped enough hints about it into Destiny, and a fan on Reddit figured the whole thing out a few days before the Forsaken trailer debuted. Bloody Reddit fans, I'll tell you, they are bloody good. Buddy. They're bloody they good. Are bloody good. They are bloody good. Those ones. Mm. Uh, to do that, it had to be something meaningful and it had to be something iconic and it had to be bold, said Taylor. I think it had to be Cade. Once we centered on that, it became central to the whole game. We built out from those ideas about loss and revenge in a Western atmosphere, lawless frontier, and this horrible thing happening. It was always Cade and it was always that idea. Oh, right. So, uh, yeah, if Destiny 2's Forsaken DLC releases September 4. Uh, for $40 on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, that is au.ign. So... It should be forty bucks here in Australia, yeah, okay. which is um, not too bad. That's pretty good, actually. Mm. I'm I'm pretty impressed with that. Yeah. Unless it's the first of the series of. 
Yes. So if they, you know, if they go, it's forty bucks for the Forsaken DLC, but it doesn't give you everything else after the Forsaken DLC yeah. for the twenty nineteen roadmap. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Third part, third thing that we need to know as gamers this week. Yeah, big one too. Massive. Um, Fortnite. Been a lot of back and forth between Xbox and PlayStation because PlayStation's like, we ain't doing no crossplay. <laughs> 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 Xbox is like, please. <laughs> no, we ain't doing no price. Bro. What you talking about, Willits? What you talking about, Willits? <laughs> uh, so former Sony exec reveals reason cross-play isn't allowed. This from comicbook.com. The back and forth between Sony and literally every other platform regarding cross-platform play has been exhausting <laughs> for those following. More so for those hoping. Nintendo and Xbox both have called out the powerhouse recently when the Nintendo Switch version of Fortnite was announced and Sony still refused to budge. Despite the other platforms all working in Hanami. Ha- Hanami? Hanami. Harmony. Yep. Remember we spoke to Jeremy Hinton and he said, yes, yes Nintendo's a great partner of ours because yes. I spoke to him about that yep. cheeky tweet from Xbox yes. saying, hey, at Nintendo, would you like to play some Fortnite? Yeah. Sony themselves even responded saying, it's just not a priority. And now a former exec at the company has a few words to say. John Smedley. <laughs> that's John Smedley, Smedley. The former president of Sony Online Entertainment took to social media to spill the tea about their decision. Since oh. business's primary concern is making money, it's no surprise that this motivation is the key factor in their reservation. When I was at Sony, the stated reason internally for this was money, he continued. They didn't like someone buying something on an Xbox and it being used on a PlayStation. Simple as that. Dumb reason, but there it is. He did offer hope, though. Many developers and publishers alike are starting to apply pressure to the company, and Sony is definitely feeling it. Not only that, but the community has been very vocal about their desire for more accessibility, to which Smedley mentioned, if we keep the pressure up, this problem goes away. So keep the pressure up. Well, having, you know, I mean, I can't remember a game in recent history that's taken over particularly the kid-type market mm. that Fortnite. It's all the buzz at my kid's primary school. Mate, even here, um, one of the, the mums who works in finance, oh, her yeah. kid was in here the other day, yeah, yeah. and I was walking past the computer that he was mucking around on. He was watching someone on Twitch playing Fortnite. Yeah. The kid so was nine years old. These kids, um, I think, don't quite understand why they can't cross-play, because like I said to you before, Pete, you know, and because I'm a much older man than you, there's things that happen in my life where I, I just can't believe like, and the one example I always bring up is there used to be a time in Australia where an Optus phone couldn't text a Telstra phone. Yeah. Now, that's crazy now to think that, right? Crazy. That's the way it used to be. And then one day, some boffin, somewhere, you know, idea, light bulb, oh, let's make them, you know, and mm. hello. We're, it's a much better world for it. And, um, you know, we've always talked, one thing when people ask us as experts, uh, as, you know, in inverted commas, you know, what console should have by my um, child, and it's always the answer is, well, what are your child's what are your friends mates playing? playing? Yeah, because that's where they're going to get the most, you know, joy out of is is that that gaming experience with their friends online. Yep. So this will solve a whole lot of those problems, and you know, I mean, to me, consoles are just a personal feel thing, aren't they? Right? Like your yeah. PS4, I'm Xbox, and I've always been that way. I probably always will be that way. Yep. That's understandable. Despite getting the red rings of death twice and get having, him to, having to buy two bloody Xboxes, I'm still loyal to them, right? So it's Xbox I. It, Xbox I, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point being is that Got I've, him, yes, yes. Yes. I think this is a really great thing if it can happen because and we've talked about this before too. It's just gonna make it so much better for the gamers everywhere. Yeah. 
And you know what? Maybe we are shifting a little bit, okay? Because if the rhetoric is that Xbox, if you're on Xbox, you can play with everyone except Sony. But if you're on Sony, you can't play with everyone but only Sony. People might be starting, and people might shift. It might be enough to shift their That's, purchase I, decision across to Xbox. That is definitely enough, I think, to shift anyone. Really, you know? I mean, if your if your mate has a Nintendo Switch and is playing Fortnite, yeah, uh, and you see a heap of games on Sony on Xbox that you really want to play, but yep. your mate is also playing on Switch, yep. you'll buy the Xbox yep. because you can still play with him. You know, yep. so yeah. yeah, good point, mate. Dan. Let's move on yes. to something very bloody cool right now. Yes. We got our first email from a game developer. I know. How cool it's is amazing. that? Bloody oh, amazing. Oh, my God. Like, so um, admin at gameonaus.com is the best way to reach us if you want to get in touch. If you're someone who's putting a game together, if you're someone who wants to give us free games, and hopefully this guy does. Uh, his name is Nick Pierce, and he sent this to us. said, hey, Pete and Dan, love the podcast. Just thought you might like to know that one of the reveals at E3 at the PC gaming show was my Made in Melbourne game, The Forgotten City. I originally made it as a mod, which was played by 1.6 million people. Or one person, 1.6 million times. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, and it was after- my mum, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at him go. We haven't even brought him in yet. He knows how this works. Uh, I originally made it as a mod, as you mentioned. And after it won an Australian Writers Guild Award in 2016, Film Victoria came along and helped me turn it into a standalone game. It might also be the first time an Aussie game has been revealed at E3, although I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, the game is a murder mystery in a mythological city in a Groundhog Day-style time loop uh, and then he sent us some stuff. We checked out the trailer. It's been viewed about 400,000 times in the last three days between the initial stream and the duplicates on all the different YouTube channels. Happy to chat. If you're interested, cheers, Nick. And Nick joins us on yes. because we're happy to chat. Hi, Nick. G'day, guys. How's it going? Good. Mate, um, congratulations on the success thus far of this Made in Melbourne game. How cool is that? It's pretty cool. And yes, I'll be happy to give you a couple of copies when it's ready. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, just on that, because um, I play a lot of PC games, uh, Dan's console, is it going to be on PC only or is it going to float across console as well? How's that going to work? So for now, it's PC only, um, but if we get enough interest from um, from the console users, then we'll look to bring it across as well. Where do I sign up? <laughs> uh, on, on the website, ForgottenCityGame.com. Oh. Uh, uh, there is a petition that you can sign if you want to bring it to Xbox One or PS4. Oh, we'll get the community on that yeah. for sure. Man, if they can put a shitty render of PUBG on the Xbox, <laughs> yeah. surely they can get this on there <laughs> as well. Um, now, Nick, uh, this is pretty amazing. Can we confirm... Whether or not it was actually the first time an Aussie game has been revealed at E3, I, I don't know. I, I that, it's been suggested to me by a few different people, but I, I can't I can't say for sure one way or another. But I, I'm not aware of any. Let's no. just pretend it is. The, the best thing about the internet is if you make a statement that's wrong, someone will correct you very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. so it's actually faster than asking for the correct answer. So, well, so well, if we're wrong, guys, let us know. Otherwise, we'll assume that we're correct. Or yeah, another problem. Or you can edit the Wikipedia page. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it's the beauty about it. Hey, uh, talk us through the actual game itself. Give us a bit more information about what it is, what's the plot, what are you playing as, what genre does it fit into? Let's go. Sure. So um, I, I like to think of it as a game for thinking people. Um, it's, a, it's a time travel murder mystery set in a mythological city. Yep. Um, it's first person single player. 
Um, the official spiel is uh, deep underground in an ancient Roman city, 26 trapped explorers lay dead because one of them broke a mysterious law. A time travel, uh, sorry, a time portal leads back into the past, allowing you to change their fate or witness their deaths in a time loop for eternity. So it's kind of a Groundhog Day style murder mystery where you're trapped underground in the city um, and uh, there's a bunch of strangers and you're trying to work out which one of them is going to uh, trip up, break this law and get everybody killed and try to stop it from happening. Um, but of course, every time anybody breaks the law, everyone dies and that includes you. So um, you've got to just keep resetting this time loop until you, um, until you can kind of try to correct things. And there are multiple endings, so um, your decisions count and you've got to navigate all these complex moral dilemmas and, and make really hard decisions. Um, but one of, the, one of the really fun things about it is, um, is exploiting the time loop. So um, you can use knowledge and items that you got from a previous time loop to solve problems in future loops or just mess with people by telling them things that you couldn't possibly know. Um, so, for example, in the mod, um, you, know, there was a, you needed a particular piece of armour uh, but this guy was wearing it and uh, would never take it off. And if you asked him for it, he'd say you could only take it over his dead body. So one of the solutions, or the only solution, was that you had to kill him and take the armour, uh, mm. which, of course, broke the law, um, which started killing everybody. But if you're quick enough, you could reset time. Um, and then, of course, it's as if none of that ever happened and you've got an identical sort of armour and you can move along with the rest of the quest. Oh, that sounds unreal. This is hmm. incredible. Well, now, even more incredible is the fact that before you got into this, you were a lawyer. Yeah. Right? Um, for 10 years, yeah. For 10 years. And the the idea came to... I'm going to read this word for word, right? Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> this is brilliant. I got punched in the face by a complete stranger for no reason. Now, come on. You're a lawyer. And it dislodged the idea blockage... <laughs> yeah, I might have a punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> and it dislodged the idea blockage in my head. Now, the first question that I have for you is... Do you really know the reason why you got punched in the face? Like, is no, no. I, I sincerely have no idea. I was I was walking to um to to walk uh, to work uh, down the down the street in the it was like nine o'clock in the morning, and um and uh, some guy uh, spat on the back of my neck. So I turned around to see what was happening, and then he just punched uh, me in the face and it sent my sonny spinning off onto the road. So it was a pretty it was a pretty good hit. Oh my god! It's sort of a it, it kind of a I was pretty. Uh, stunned and, uh, and then yeah. he just walked off so yeah literally no no contact no 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 nothing no provocation it was just a completely random attack and you you hear um, but, but, the, but the joke's on him because you know here i am uh you know a few years later uh, having a <laughs> yeah and you, you know oh, here yeah. you hear about stories where people bump their head and all of a sudden like they they wake up after a couple of years in a coma and they can speak fluent italian or, or like they can do extraordinary mathematics that they will never be able to do. So or they can they can play Tchaikovsky even though they never touched a piano. This is kind of like that, but the gamers version. When, yeah, how, to... how like <laughs> what? Like what? How can you take us through the process of you get punched sure. in the face yeah, and so then like... you start having these ideas? How did that all so, come together? So before that happened, I'd start just I'd signed up to a creative writing class, and I, I had a deadline coming up, and I had absolutely no ideas whatsoever. I just had nothing coming to me. Um, and so uh, I'd actually I'd actually asked for an extension as well because I was so bereft of ideas. Mm. And uh, and then um, yeah, so this this attack happened, and um, and uh, so I wrote a short story about this um about the assault, but from his perspective because it would have been super whiny if it had been from my perspective. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it got really really positive feedback, and and that sort of just um, inspired me to keep going. And uh, I just yeah just found it really easy after that to um to to write and come up with ideas and stuff and. Um, and so the, the sort of the, the first major project that, that I tried after the short stories was um, was a mod. 
and uh, and and that kind of went pretty well. That is amazing because I, I mean I, as much as I'm a, I love gaming, I do I'm right into the whole creative side of your brain type stuff, and I don't do a lot of hmm. research on it. But I, ha- I have read a lot of stuff on it over the years, and um, it's amazing to me. And both as we said, Nick, but both Pete and I are in a creative space where we work in a radio station where you know you have to bring a creative part of your brain to work every day. Hmm. It's amazing how you get fit from. You know, and it could take something like that, I suppose, to, to snap you into. And I, I think the most creative thing about that so far is the fact that you took, you wrote a story based on his take on, on events, not yours. Mm, yeah, and, mm. that, and that's probably a good way to deal with it as well, because it's a pretty shocking thing that happened. Yeah, and and, and, it, and and that sort of helped me to try to understand what what might have been motivating him as well. So, like, um, you know, it, the, your first instinct is to assume that he's just a prick, but yeah. then, you know, well, you start thinking about what might have been going on in his life and, yeah, you know, yeah. whether it was mental I mean, illness or domestic abuse or, yeah, yeah. or uh, history of mistreatment or something. Or I have a theory for you, right? And he's actually a time traveller from the future. <laughs> it's me from the future. And he knew, right, briefcase. that if he punched you in the face at that moment, you would create this game. And we are yet to find out that this game actually changes the course of our world <laughs> yes! in the next few right. years. Could be. I, right. think, I think you might be under something. Yeah, damn straight. Um, mate, so, uh, Dan, now you had your hand up. Were you going to say something No, else? I was going to say, so why I love this story too is because, um, Nick, I've being a gamer for so many years, I've always thought, you know, and I suppose a fairly creative person, I've always wanted to go to that space of making my own game. But I've always been uh, probably, one, lazy, but two, just a bit intimidated by that process. Yet you've hmm. you've gone through all that, essentially, haven't you? Um, yeah, yeah. I'd love to know, I'd love to know yeah. sort of how long did it take, you know, what, what sort of stumbling blocks did you have? Um, did you know anything about making a game before you did it or what happened? No, absolutely nothing. So, um, so, so I got started with um, um, modding, which is a, a really good crash course in gaming. Yeah. So, you know, typically, um, you know, you, you'd get into it by doing a two or three year uh, degree. Um, but I, I kind of think that um, teaching yourself things or just learning from experience is just a much more effective thing, and also yeah. just a lot more fun. So, look, I, I just, um, I taught myself um, how to mod using tutorials from the internet and forums when I got stuck. Yep. Um, and so I spent about 1,700 hours making the mod, uh, which is the equivalent of about a year of full-time work. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so look, at, you know, so I learned things like level design and lighting and um, branching narrative and uh, yeah. and and uh, a little bit of programming and scripting um, mm. and uh, and you know, marketing, how to make a trailer, how to cast uh, um, voice actors and coach them, how to work with a, a composer, all sorts of things that you need to be able to make a game. Um, you, you, you learn very easily from um, making a mod. And the cool thing about modding is because it's non-commercial. There's just a whole bunch of people in the community who are really happy to help you and work for free because mm. nobody's making money. So I had 19 voice actors and, and um, an, an orchestral composer um, who, who just helped out on the project just, you know, just for fun. Brilliant. And you never know where it'll take you. I mean, Brendan yeah. Green, player unknown. Mm. Battlegrounds, here we are, and it, it kick-started Battle Royale. He's, it's one of yeah, the massive. biggest companies in the world for video games, and the bloke started out modding on, what was it, DayZ? I yeah, think it was. Like so, that. you know, like that's, mate, it's it's an incredible foray into the industry. It, and it just reminds mm. me, like you said, uh, Nick, uh, forums are fantastic. There's so many people out there that just are willing to help you out. Mm. Mm. And yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, for nothing. It's great. It's, it's, I, I used to go through that when I was doing my web design um, unit at uni. I remember having this assignment that was, I could not work out why this thing wouldn't render in on a Mac. And some dude went in there and fixed it. I was like, boom, A, yeah. 
Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Except Whirlpool. Whirlpool <laughs> shits me. Yeah, yeah, the the well, people on that oh, yeah, forum true, are a pain true, in the yeah. f- ass. I don't know why, but it's just... No, it all. It attracts the bogans of the internet. <laughs> I think like that one. <laughs> Mate, um, there's plenty more to, to get stuck into. Uh, you know, your story is just incredible. And you've had international media attention from the likes of um, IGN, who called it Simply Amazing, and mm. Kotaku, who called it Ambitious Enough to be its own game. Um, when was the moment that you went from modder to creating this game to, you know, um, Film Victoria actually coming along and saying, mm. we've seen this, we want to help you make this a thing? So it's, it's a sort of gradual process. Um, Kotaku back in 2016 wrote that it was ambitious enough to be its own game, which I didn't really think much at the time because I'd never even dreamed of making a game. I just thought it was way too complicated for, for someone, you know, what made I, I wouldn't have known where to start. <gasps> hang on, then, sorry, um, sorry, hang on, hang on. Guess who wrote the Kotaku story, Dan? Oh, Alex, mate. Alex Bloody oh, Walker. Mate, Alex Bloody. He chains <laughs> us on the podcast every now and again, man. The, the story's called How One of the Best Skyrim Modders Got Started with a Punch to the Face. So, yeah. like, it's, you know, it's that story that really draws you in. But yeah. uh, Alex is a superstar. Go and check it out. But sorry, <laughs> mate, continue. Yeah, no worries. Um, so, so look, uh, and I, I, um, I was approached by um, these three wise men from League of Geeks in Melbourne who, who made a game called Armello, and uh, and they gave me a bit of advice and asked why I wasn't making it into a standalone game because I think they saw the potential for it before I did. Yeah. Um, and there are few, there's just a massive stack of issues, you know, obstacles in my way. Like one of the, the first one was you know, I didn't have the the time or the money or the know how to make a game. Yeah. And um, the second one was I didn't have. The, the necessary legal permissions to, to take my mod and, and make it into a game. Mm. You've, got, you've got to think about the complex intellectual property issues associated with that. Um, you know, disentangling your intellectual property from that of the, the underlying game. Um, and then the third issue um, was just that um, I didn't know if, uh, if people would be into it because, you know, if they've already played the mod, I don't play the game. Right? Yeah. So, um, so it took me about a year. Um, and so I just sort of just chipped away at each one of those things. And uh, so I, I sent a, about a year's worth of emails to, um, to, to the developer of the underlying game. And that culminated with um, a, a boss battle phone call with their lawyer. And eventually they agreed to, um, to, to let me um, make the game, um, provided I didn't refer to them or their intellectual property in the marketing of my game. So you know, I thought yeah. that was pretty fair. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I also, um, I, I sort of, I, I spoke to some other modders, some luminaries who'd gone on to make their own mods into games, like um, Dan Pinchbeck, who made Dear Esther back in 2012. And that was a really successful narrative-driven mod that became a standalone game. Yep. And he gave me some advice, um, which was that basically you've just got to make sure you, you can do it and people will be into it as long as you make sure that there's lots of new content and that you're really clear about what the new content is. Um, so there's a whole bunch of new content um, from the mod to our game. So there's a, a new city powered by Unreal. So the visuals are just stunning, um, mm. sort of current-gen visuals. Um, we've got uh, you know a rewritten script with new twists and endings and, uh, and professional voice acting and an and all-new professional orchestral score. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that's new in the game that, um, that wasn't there in the mod. They really upgraded everything that could be upgraded. Yep. Um, and then, um, and then the, the missing piece was was the, sort of the, the know-how and the time and the money. So uh, for that, I just had to take a leap of faith. So I, um, I quit my job um, at the end of 2016, and uh, that's just after I won the Writers Guild Award. So I was feeling pretty bold. Um, and uh, and then for the next few months, I um, I, I hired a 
a really awesome programmer called Alex Goss, who uh, had just finished making a virtual reality game uh, in consultation with NASA. And uh, so oh, wow. we worked together on Wait, the Sorry, I just got to stop you there. In yeah. consultation <laughs> with NASA. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So how how does that how does that happen? How does NASA come knocking on your door? Oh well, he he was um I I don't know much about the development of that, but he was working for a studio called uh, Opaque Multimedia at the time, and uh, and those guys over in, also in Melbourne had been working on this really awesome um uh, uh, I guess spacewalk simulator um, that they'd been making um, like I said with, with NASA, and uh, and he just sort of finished up on that project and was looking for something new and exciting, so he came came to work on my project. Mm. That is just mm. spectacular. Fun. Yeah, it was re- it was really good timing. So um, so everything sort of fell into place, and so we made a, a prototype, and Film Victoria liked it so much that they um, agreed to give us a grant to keep developing it as a standalone game. So for the last sort of eighteen months, we've been working hard on that in secret, and then um and then I uh, I, I met the editor in chief of PC Gamer in San Francisco um, uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, we we um, had a good chat and bonded over our shared love of. Um, Star Trek Next Generation because we're both massive dorks, <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, so he um he liked the game so much that he agreed to um to let us reveal it on stage in a big E3 showcase. So, mate, what was I, it? What was that moment like? I mean, I I can imagine that would be a coming of age moment to be able to be on stage at E3 revealing your property, your game, something you've seen the biggest names in gaming do for years. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Look, I, I didn't actually. I wasn't at a three. They invited me to go on stage if I wanted to, but I, I just, I'm, I'm running a business from home, and I, you know, I just wanted to, uh, to, um, to be able to do all the technical behind the scenes things that needed to be done. Yeah. For example, like at, at the moment that it's announced, you've got to make your website go live and your Steam page and mm, trailer yeah, and yeah, sure. send out your press release, and yeah. uh, there's just a million things you've got to do yeah. when you announce a game and being. Being sort of caught up in all the excitement of a glitchy theatre in LA is uh, is not sort of high on my list of priorities. So, no. um, so yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but it's done really well. We've had about half a million um, views of the trailer at least now, and about a, uh, at least a hundred articles, and uh, we've been nominated for an Unreal E3 award. So, things are going pretty well at the moment, and I hope it continues. Fantastic. Well, let's do half a million and one. Have a listen to the Forgotten City. so sorry you had to find me like this. And worse, that you'll suffer the same fate I did. I've spent a lifetime in this place. An ancient underground city. Its existence long forgotten. Searching for a way out. All I found is a window into the past. If even one person here commits a sin, everyone will die tried to set things right, but whatever I did, it took me right back to the beginning. It's all up to you now. Go back, investigate, talk to everyone, help them out if it'll win their trust, bend the rules as far as you can, figure out who's responsible for this, and maybe you can do what I never could. Save these people. Save yourself. The many shall suffer for the sins of the one. Oh, ForgottenCityGame.com coming in 2019. 
What an absolute pleasure. Go on, Dan. Can I say, Nick, you know, mm. having had a lot to do with uh, recording music too, I, like that trailer, I've seen the trailer, but hearing it without seeing it like then, yeah. the mix and the EQ and all that stuff that you would have done on that is perfect. Like the Thanks. sound effects are, like the bass is like, whoom, and it comes in. It gives you those yeah. spine-chilling type, you know, and, and feels. It, yeah, that was, the, that was the goal, really. Like in, in, our, in our sort of brief, I, I just wanted to give people shivers. And so yeah, well, mission successful. Can I say, Nick, though, in closing, there's one thing I want to tell you that I don't, don't know if you know this, actually. I'm not sure that you're the first murder mystery game to come out of Melbourne. <gasps> and I, I'm, I know, I'm not, that's, that's true, actually. I think there's another one. I'm not trying to rate in your parade here because this game... <laughs> well, it sounds like it, no, 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 this game was truly shit. So I, think, I feel like Nick's done the right <laughs> thing by Melbourne because there was a game, and I've mentioned this game on a very early edition of the podcast called Murder on the Waterfront. Oh, you have mentioned that this was, before. That was made, yeah. by, made by Melbourne House back in 1983 or something. Right? Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it was a Commodore 64 game on tape. It was a text-based murder mystery, right? Now, the problem mm-hmm. with this bloody game, same thing. You know, you, you could choose, a bit like a choose-your-own-adventure. You can go, your own, you know, go a multiple amount of ways. But it was, mm. on t- it was on the tape deck. So it would literally take 20 minutes between levels to load. To the next. <laughs> so, so you would, you'd finish the level, it'd start to load, you'd go off and make coffee, you know, play with yourself, do whatever you do in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> play with come yourself. Back, come back and then get ready for the game. But this bloody game crashed every time at about the fourth level. Jesus Christ. It didn't stop me. It didn't Note stop to self, work on loading time. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. So I feel like you've done something good by Melbourne and Australia and by yourself because this is a fantastic thing, mate. Well bloody done. Thanks very much. Awesome. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, Mate, um, thank you for joining us. It's been absolutely brilliant talking to you, Nick Pierce. Uh, he goes by Modern Storyteller. And the game, as we mentioned, is called... The Forgotten City. And you can see that at ForgottenCityGame.com. Mate, what a pleasure. Please keep us um, well informed. Game on AUS is here for developers like yourself uh, to get the word out and to keep following the story as it develops. So we look forward to playing the release once it's ready to go. Sounds awesome. Thanks, guys. Good on you, Nick. What a bloody legend. Mate, that's really inspiring, actually, Pete. Like, you know, you know um, lovely to get a message like that from someone we didn't know and now we do know, but also just to hear his story, I think it's brilliant. Yep. And as I uh, mentioned, if you are someone listening to this and you're in the same boat, you've got some pretty awesome gaming news, your game is taking off in the development space, whatever, we want to hear from you. Admin at gameonaus.com. All right, Danny. Here we go. It's your turn this oh, week. Yeah. Are you ready? Ready to go. <laughs> I've got you in my sights. Now, fucking Alan Liu is the name. And now, is this uh, L-I-U? L-E-W. L-E-W. Alan Liu. Liu. He is the CEO of Floptus. Oh, Alan. Alan! Alan! It's not that. Hey, Alan. 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 <laughs> Alan. Alan. So... Um, and it's just been literally announced tonight that Optus, uh, have granted SBS the, the right to, to now broadcast all the world cup games yeah. over the rest of the tournament. So tonight it's, we're recording this Wednesday, the 20th of June, yes. right? Um, so yeah. And it, it started out as they were just going to let them do the next 24 hours yep. and now they've gone, actually, we're pretty, we don't know what we're doing. We think this thing's fucked. Yep. Now. I wrote an article about this at GameOnAUS.com mm. um, about this exact thing because I'm pissed off, Pete, because I'm an Optus customer. So am I. Optus customer. So am I. No, no, with my NBN. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I know, I know. Ugh. And my contract's just come up. So if, if you're listening, Optus, goodbye because I'm going, right? Goodbye. But this, uh, but this is why, Pete. 
So Saturday night, from what I believe happened, because I'm not part of this Optus pay for the World Cup thing that, that was this is part of the package that was a, a premium. Yeah, so I'm service. on I'm on Optus Mobile, right? Yes, yeah, so and am it's I. it's a it's an extra like well it's I get it for free, it? but it's it's an add on. It's an add on depending get on the plan. All the games of the World Cup. Yep. on our wonderful Nbianco <laughs> system. It's called Optus Sport. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. So apparently on Saturday night during the Costa Rica game, um, a whole bunch of people couldn't. We're just getting a you you can't connect type buffering. Yeah, they're just getting black screen with yep. a bit of text there. Yeah. So much complaint and uh, uh, furor about this situation led to old mate Alan Liu mm. issuing a personal apology mm. on their Facebook page, which smacks of PR mitigation oh, crisis, man, you know, because it's so funny. The comments under it were just like, mate, you're done, mate. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I'll read, the, I'll, read the, I'll read a bit of the apology. Let's have it. We know Australian football fans are amongst, amongst the world's most passionate and vocal, and we clearly understand Australia's passion for this major event and the frustration that goes along with not being able to watch the event. In light of this, Optus announced that it will simulcast the next two nights of blah, blah, blah. More Optus sport, sport viewers had a, have had a positive viewing experience. However, I acknowledge that the experience has not been consistent for all viewers, which is unacceptable. I offer an unreserved apology to those customers that have been let down. We have a dedicated team which have been working around the clock to address technical issues where they have occurred. We are confident that we have a solution in place that will be under, using this time to take, undertake the most robust testing of all systems. Bullshit. <laughs> now, why I'm upset, Pete. Let's have it, Dan. Thanks for issuing that apology. But this isn't actually against Alan Lou, Pete. This is also against... <sighs> Malcolm! Malcolm! Because he stepped in yeah. to old mate Alan and, and gave him a call and said, oh, buddy, old mate uh, Malcolm tweeted that I've contacted Alan directly and we, we, he's assured me we're looking into this, right? Oh, I heard about this. This blew my mind. Now, why I'm upset, Pete, Yeah, is that it's because one event where let's now 2.1 million people watched the World Cup on Saturday night, the Socceroos, 2.1 million in Australia mm. on average. Mm. Now, we're talking about Costa Rica on a service that people have paid for. So I would... If 2.1 people watch free-to-air Socceroos, their yeah, team, yeah. Yep. how many people do you reckon watch Costa Rica oh. on, on, a, on a thing? I've estimated 500,000, which I think is being I reckon it's being generous. I would probably go closer to about 300,000. Oh, let's call it 400. Let's say 400,000 people in Australia were um, dissatisfied and put out by this shit service yep. that Optus put out. Yeah. It, that's enough for this dude to get on get on Facebook and issue a public apology when I would guarantee you there's more than 400,000 Optus services on the NBUNCO like yours truly that have had a shit experience with that shit service yeah. for over two years now. Yeah. Every night when I go to game and yeah. I've got problems. I played Fortnite the other night with Ronald P. Corbett. Ding! <laughs> I don't have the ding. I'll do it. Ding! Because <laughs> I'm upset, Pete. Yeah. And we we had we had a couple of games where we got absolutely flogged mm. by a, 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 a fellow gamer, you know, playing Fortnite. A fourteen year old. A fourteen year old. <laughs> yeah. And and the reason was it froze. And I'm looking. I'm saying to Ronnie, what's going on? He's my oh I don't know, man, yeah, yeah. On yeah. our fucking NBN. Yeah. Now I worked it out later. Mm. My kids had um, our fetch TV thing going. On with an Optus video, uh, with a YouTube video streaming. Oh, shit. That was causing me slowdown. And I'm thinking, that's one device on YouTube and my gaming and that's it. Why Why is MBN, why is MBNCO slowing down for that reason? Yeah. So that's just one example of the two years of grief that I've had gaming every night pretty much with Optus and MBNCO. Where's my apology, Alan? Where is it? 
I want an apology. You will never get one, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because that flog at the top of the tree yes. in the Prime Minister's he's office. He's not a gamer. It's not that he's not a gamer. It's not even the fact that he's not a gamer, Dad. It's because it's the Liberals' policy that shafted this country when it came to the NBN's infrastructure. Which is why we always mention... <sighs> Malcolm! Like we do, because he's the guy that, you know, oh, copper wire, great idea. Yep. No, not really. No, not a great idea. No, no really. terrible. What, what you're talking about, Willits? Right? Oh, it's and I'll, I'll close this, Pete, with this thought. Mm. In 23rd of Feb 2017, and this, this um, little message is on that article on Game on AUS, if people want to go and see it, yep. I got a private message from Optus thanking me for my investigation into what's going on with my slowdowns. It would appear, right now, without looking into anything, it sounds like congestion in your area. We, and I and the, I didn't put this in the article, but leech, and you have to take my word on this because this actually happened. I've no proof of it, but I got a call from someone from Optus about a week later after that, mm. confirming that it was congestion. And he goes, "But we're doing everything we can to to stop that oh, for you." Bullshit. That was in 2017 in February. Yeah, yeah. We are now 16 months later. Yeah, and I, like I said, my contract's up, so it's bye bye for Optus. But there's been no slowdown on that congestion. And sure as shit, six o'clock every night, <clears throat> boom, I get slowed down. So I am fucking pissed off, Alan Liu, and I want to see an apology from you and from Malcolm for gamers, because gamers always get picked on and it shits me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can I just say something that I've just worked out, though, mm. right? I have Fortnite on PC. You have it on Xbox. <laughs> we can cross-play. Oh, my God. This, hey. We can... <laughs> <laughs> yes! This could it be actually the first time we've ever been able to cross-play? We can squat up. Holy shit! I'm not very good. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm fucking terrible. Oh, fuck. Oh, but mind you, actually, I'll, I will finish, and I'll finish with this too, though. This is a bit of a brag. The other night playing with Ronnie, um, he had such poor problems, he had to quit out. So I, I was in, we were playing duos, and he'd gone, and I was by myself, and I thought I'd just play this last game out. And I took down four people in like a flurry of awesomeness. It came, I was going down to the last three people, mm. and I had a chain gun. And I thought I'd take out the dude who built the big structure on high. I thought yeah. I'd take him out from below to make him fall to his death. Yeah. Somehow he lived and I got, I got done. But I was pretty happy with that. <laughs> final, 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 you three. Get, you, final three is good. Yeah. Final three is yeah. good. Yeah. I haven't walked away with a chicken dinner for forever. Yeah. I'm very hungry. <laughs> um, mate, uh, great sights. Great sights and, uh, and well-deserved. Because, you know, like clearly there, is, there are issues going on there. With our major telcos. Oh, it, it just shits me that, you know, that um, something, not even mainstream, because gaming's mainstream, something like a sports event gets them all, you know, oh, God, we, you know, because some bullshit. But I, it just, it just I, it, it blew my mind for that particular reason that the Prime Minister of the country called the Optus head of whatever operations yeah. for that. Like, because he knows it's all politics. He knows that people absolutely, I, I, you know, I love sport too. Like, I'm a gamer, but I love sport. And yeah. I, I, I love playing sport. I love watching sport. Right, but it shits me that the sport lovers who get put out and there's this all this everyone's falling over themselves to fix it. Yeah. Yet for gaming, nothing. Which this Mbianco like, decision, yeah. has affected us from the very but beginning. He's like he's coming out politically charged, going, "Oh, it is my patriotic duty that we make sure yeah. that uh, Australia can watch the World Cup of the yeah. Socceroos." Fuck off. Like, Fuck off, Malcolm. 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 Right? Because that, I mean, the, the NBUNCO is more important. 
It is more important than... Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking love the World Cup. And mm. I am... Like, I love it. Yeah, so do I. Right, Absolutely. but we'll get the Socceroos matches on SBS. Okay? Yeah. That's going to happen. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Right? The the general day-to-day running of the NBN and the infrastructure being top-notch so this country can improve economically and technologically is far more fucking important than a few weeks of, of soccer. soccer. Yeah. All right? So that's what shits me about it. Where's, where's his phone call to the Australian public and to the guys at NBN going, you know what? I fucked up. Um, here's all the money you need to do this properly yes. so we don't shit and shaft this country in the next five to ten years. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, it's actually more important than gaming as, as much as I don't want to say that. But your, what you said about economic and technological developments, you know, the future of this country really depends on it, right? So, oh, man. oh God. I feel, I feel better, though. All right. Get out of here, mate. You need to go and play some Fortnite. I do. Um, thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate your time and uh, for listening, obviously, because this is the podcast. It's massive. So watching, check out Facebook and GameOnAUS.com. A big shout out to all of the great core team at GameOnAUS oh. pumping out some incredible stuff there. Uh, also, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, as I mentioned, .com forward slash GameOnAUS and the GameOnAUS God Mode group. We're up to member 100 and we're waiting for member 160. Yes. Now. So uh, we're pumping. We're pumping along there, mate. Um, We've got a ton of announcements coming your way very soon from um, the great developers and publishers who are getting in touch with us. Uh, Also, our tech sponsor, a big thank you, PLE Computers, andrewhogue.com, Australia's biggest online heavy metal radio station. Uh, And also the fresh... um, Upload to Qantas International Domestic Flights and Jetstar Domestic Flights, ready to go. The best of the weekly. Just before you say what you're going to say, um, I also have to mention that uh, twitch.tv slash game on AUS mm. is firing. Mm. So it's going well over there. Mm. And there was one other... Actually, you say what you're going to say, because there was one other thing... I was, I was just going to say, I know your lovely wife Liz is due very soon. She is, Dan. I really want... Uh, please, keep us all uh, updated at Game on AUS with a picture of the new gamer. When he or she arrives. I will. I whether, will. Whether it be this week or next week. It's due two weeks, right? Uh, at the end of next week. Friday next week. So, the 29th so yeah, of so June. Could be any time now. So could be any time now, man. Yep. Yep. Keep us posted. I will. Thank you very much. Um, the other thing I was going to mention is, of course, you can hear us across Triple M. At the moment, Tom and Ollie, the National Night Show, they're away for a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, so you won't Slack. hear us this week and next week, um, but we will be back yep. following. All right. Let's get out of here, Dan. I <sighs> don't oh, know. What, what an episode. Uh, as what I mentioned, you'll be able to see that uh, video of the sites on Facebook. Share it around, man. Start sharing oh, and YouTube. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and YouTube. <laughs> and uh, up, Alan. Moon River. Have a great weekend in gaming. And as we always say, Dan, <laughs> don't forget to save.